0: Name. Lord, we give you glory. God, we give you honor. God, we give you praise. Come on, let's lift our hands all across this house. Lord, we love you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we come with expectation. Lord, we come with anticipation. Lord, we come with hunger. God, we come with desire. God, we come with a fervor. God, we come with a passion. God, we come with a lot of things today. Lord, we need you more than we need anything else. We need you more than we need anything else, oh God. Thankful to be in church today. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 8. Give honor to this church. Give honor to Brother Bradford reading from romans chapter 8 beginning at verse number 15 the word of the lord reads for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Today, I want to preach for a few moments on this subject. The church this world is waiting for. The church this world is waiting for. If you would put your Bibles down, let's lift our hand toward the Lord one more time, and let's really pray. Lord, today I pray that you would orchestrate the rest of this service. I pray, God, that your power and your anointing would be felt. I pray, Lord, that bondage would be broken. I pray that chains would fall. I pray that deliverance would happen, God. I pray, oh God, that somebody would be set free in the house of God. I pray that the church would be set free to do your will and to do your work. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that every stronghold would be torn down. I I pray that every enemy would be rebuked in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray that every spirit of doubt and every spirit of fear and every spirit of inadequacy. Lord, every spirit that wants to silence, every spirit that wants to hinder, every spirit that wants to come against revival, I pray it out of this place right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that people will step in to a new anointing, that I will step in to a new calling, that I will step in to new power and new strength and new revival. Oh, lift your hands and give the Lord some praise. God bless you. You may be seated. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. One person said this The comfort zone is nothing more than a graveyard for your dreams and for your calling. The comfort zone is nothing more than a graveyard for your dreams and your calling. We live in a world today that wants to be comfortable more than ever before. Why do we have such a crisis with medicine that people shouldn't be taking? Why do we have such a crisis of people abusing those things? Because they're trying to be comfortable. They're trying to use things as a mechanism to escape reality. Why is it that people are on drugs like they are? Why is it that people drink alcohol like they do? It's because they're trying to escape reality. They're trying to get away from the the job. They're trying to get away from their worries. They're trying to get away from their cares. They're trying to disconnect from the things around them. The comfort zone is nothing else but a graveyard for your dreams and for your calling. In April of 2014, off South Korea's southwestern coast, a boat carrying hundreds of high school students capsized and at least 294 people died. The ship had been carrying a total of 476 people, including their passengers and their crew. It had been alleged that the crew that day did not use the available resources, such as life rafts, life vests, and proper announcements to evacuate passengers. Instead, as the waters were rising, and as things were approaching destruction, passengers were told to remain calm, to stay where they were. And as the boat began sinking, The captain himself got on board and told everyone to just remain in place and that moving would be dangerous. Even as the captain himself was leaving the ship, he never once gave the order to evacuate. And today he finds himself facing criminal charges, possibly even the death penalty for negligence that day. Lives were lost on that ship because they were listening to a voice that told them to remain calm. A voice that told them that it was dangerous to move. A voice that told them to remain comfortable. The comfort zone is nothing more than a graveyard for your dreams and for your callings. They lost their lives because they were listening to a voice that told them to stay comfortable. Waters were rising and disasters were approaching and everything could have been avoided if they would have just stepped out from where they were and found a place of safety. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1 But of the times and the seasons brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them and travail up, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. The ends of the world are upon us. One verse said that the Old Testament was written for our examples upon whom the ends of the world have come. We are living in the last days. Does anybody believe we're living in the last days today? We're living in days when there are children turning against parents. Uh, We live in the days when people are going after other people for no reason. There's terrorism like never before. School shootings like never before. And on top of that, there's depression and anxiety like never before. There's hopelessness like never before. There's suicide like never before. There's fear like never before. Come on, there's people worried about health crises like never before. And there's things that are trying to shut us down like never before. Trying to stifle the church. Trying to stifle the work of God. I will not stand comfortable while the world is going to hell. I will not stand complacent while my city is on fire with anxiety and depression. I want to tell you that this is the day for a church to stand up and to step in to the calling of God. This is the day for the church to be what God has called it to be. This is not the day for a falling away, but this is the day for God to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Let me tell you, it's time for revival. It's time for the captive to be set free. It's time for deliverance. It's time for a new beginning for the church it's time for a new book of Acts revival the world is being told to remain in place the world is being told to stay where they are as one person we all know said we cannot allow a cure to be worse than the problem and today the cure has become worse than the problem And people are fearful, people are nervous. People are scared for their life. People are scared for their future. What a time for the church to be the church. What a time for us to pray for this city. What a time for us to invite someone to the house of God. What a time for us to be anointed of the Lord. What a time for us to be plugged in and to be involved and to be present and to be faithful and to be reaching. What a time for the church to rise up in these last days. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. This world is being blinded by news outlets. This world is being blinded by organizations that say they're not even biased, but we see the bias behind every decision that they make. The world is being blinded. The world is being led as a sheep to the slaughter, and they're listening to a voice that's telling them to stay calm. They're listening to a voice that's telling them it's going to be dangerous to move. They're listening to a voice that tells them not to worry. Everything's going to be okay. Even as those kids on that boat saw the water rising, they stayed in place because they were listening to a voice. But in the middle of every voice that's telling them to stay calm and to not move, it's time for the church to lift up the voice of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to tell them about a hope and to tell them about a peace and to tell them about a joy and to tell them about the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It's time to win the world. It's time to save a soul. It's time to get on fire for evangelism. It's time to reach the world before it's too late. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Come on, somebody. Tap into what the Lord is saying today. Connect with what God is trying to do in these last days. God, don't let me end up on the sidelines. Don't let me be a spectator. Don't let me be a cheerleader. But God, let me get in the battle. Let me get in the fight. Let me pick up some weapons of spiritual warfare and tear down some walls that the enemy has tried to build up. Come on, let me lift up a voice that would silence the voice of the enemy let me pray until the devil is cast down I've got news for you Satan the church is going to tear your kingdom down come on the preachers are going to preach your kingdom down come on the prayer warriors are going to pray your kingdom down the Sunday school teachers are going to teach your kingdom down come on somebody it's time to declare war against the enemy that's telling the world to stay. Come and not to move it's time for the church to go on the offensive attack i'm talking about the church that the world is waiting for come on somebody praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord come on somebody let's pray Oh, this morning, God wants to do a mighty work. God wants to set his church on fire for revival. Set his church on fire with a new anointing, with a new passion for the lost, with a new passion for revival. Somebody's got to tap in today. You can't just stand here and receive it, but you've got to reach out and get a hold of it yourself. You may be seated. church the world is waiting for but the problem is as much as we talk about their comfort zones and where they're at and a voice telling them not to move there's an enemy of revival there's an enemy of everything that we're trying to do as the people of God and he wants to distract us He wants to speak inadequacy into our spirits and tell us that we're not good enough to do what God has called us to do. He wants to speak a word into our spirits and say, it's okay. You can be comfortable. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will handle it. Somebody, you know... We think the doctors, the doctors handle all the medicine and the lawyers handle all the law. And the ministry, they'll handle all the evangelism. The ministry will handle all the Bible studies. Uh, Somebody else will do it, but me, uh, I just want to be comfortable. I just want to do what's necessary. I I don't want to go beyond anything that's just necessary. I defy that voice today that wants to tell a saint of God that you're inadequate. You have the power of the Holy Ghost you have the same Holy Ghost. In Genesis chapter 1, when it said the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, that's the Holy Ghost you have. Come on. The Spirit of God that tore down the walls of Jericho, that's the Spirit of God that you have. The Spirit of God that anointed a man named Samson who was backslid. If he can use a backslid in Samson to put the city gates on his back and to defeat a thousand enemies with the jawbone of a donkey, if He could do that with backslid and Samson. I wonder what he could do in your life if you'll just accept the calling that he's put upon you. You don't realize it, but you have power. You have anointing. You're qualified. You're equipped for revival. Come on. You're ready to do what God has called you to do. You've got the Holy Ghost. Come on in Acts 1 and 8. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, even unto the uttermost part of the earth. You've got the Holy Ghost of Acts chapter 2. You've got the Holy Ghost of Acts chapter 4. You've got the Holy Ghost of Acts chapter 8. You've got the Holy Ghost of Acts chapter 10. You've got the Holy Ghost of Acts chapter 11. You've got a Holy Ghost that can reach the thousands. You've got a Holy Ghost that can set the Captive free, you've got a Holy Ghost that can turn the world upside down. I'm talking about the church that the world is waiting for, but we get distracted and we get comfortable and we get sidetracked. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, he sent everybody else and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah but David tarried still at Jerusalem and it was after these moments of sending everybody else forward at the time when the kings were supposed to go to battle that David began to become comfortable and David began to become distracted and David looked out of his window and started looking at things that he should have never even been looking at he got caught up in some things that he shouldn't even have been there to partake of and he ended up falling into adultery and lying and murder and all kinds of things but you know where the birthplace of his failure was the birthplace of his backsliding was when everybody else went forth to battle he tarried in Jerusalem when everybody else was focused on the mission when everybody else was focused on revival when everybody else was focused on taking new territory and winning the battle he stayed back and tarried in Jerusalem while Joab was going after Rabbah while Israel was going after Rabbah there was a Satan that was going after David talking about a church that gets comfortable I can get so comfortable that I will expect everybody else to do everything else, and I stay idle, and I stay available to any old thing that the devil wants to throw my way. I'm telling you, it's time to go to work. It's time to get up and do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to go when the kings go to battle. I'm gonna go with them. Come on, when there's something that needs to be done, I'm gonna go with them, because I've got to stay in the battle. I've got to fight the fight of faith. Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit that you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm so busy walking in the spirit I don't have time to backslide. I'm too busy reaching people for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have time to fall into all this garbage of this world. You talk about TVs and movies. When do you have time for that? When you're in the presence of God on a daily basis and you're reaching souls on a daily basis I don't have time for distractions I don't have time to be idle I don't have time to sit in neutral I'm ready to be the church that the world is waiting for you may be seated we get distracted, we get occupied, we get idle with things that don't matter fight battles that don't matter get involved in things that don't matter Come on, there's an enemy that says, that's right. Get tied up in that situation. That's right. Get yourself all involved right there. Because there's a battle over here. And if I can keep you distracted, if I can keep you bitter, if I can keep you hurt, if I can keep you involved right there, you don't got any other energy left for the battle that's in Rabbah. Satan's going after David while Joab went after Rabbah. Nehemiah 4 and 15. And it came to pass while our enemies heard that it was known unto us that God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone to his work. Nehemiah was going to rebuild the walls of the city. In verse 16, it says, And it came to pass that half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held the spears, the, the shields, the bows, and the habergeons. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. Listen to this. They which build it on the wall and they that were bare burdens, it says with those that had laden, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work and in the other hand, he was holding a weapon. In other words, as they're building something for God, they've got one hand that's occupied with building and in the other hand, they've got a weapon ready to defend. They've got one hand that says, I'm building some things for the Lord and they've got another hand that says, if you try to come against." it. I will defend it by all means necessary. You know what they were doing? They were filling every availability with the work of God. They didn't leave a hand for something else, but they said, I'm going all in. I might be building. I might be defending, but I'm not resting and I'm not getting caught up with anything else. I'm all in. I am going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to busy myself with the work of the kingdom of God. When I busy myself with the kingdom, I don't have time to be available for anything else. I'm not available to this world. My spiritual voice mailbox is full. Gossip, I'm sorry, but I'm not available. Come on, jealousy, I'm not available. I've got a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. Bitterness, I'm not available. Comparison, I'm not available. Competition, I'm not available. Discord, I'm not available. Other people can have their differences and they can have their issues, but I'm not taking sides and I'm not getting Involved. I need all the energy that I have to stay available, to build the kingdom of God, and to defend the truth. I'm not getting tied up and involved with things that don't matter because there's a world that's waiting on a church that's ready. The world is waiting for a church. Genesis chapter 19. I need some young men to help me. I need six of you. Six. Six. Stand up and help me, young men, six young men. Don't worry. You don't look that cute. You're not going to embarrass yourself. Six of you, hurry up. Don't worry, it's going to be easy. There's four, five, six. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 19 and verse 15. When the morning rose and the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And it says, While he lingered. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hands of his wife and upon the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto them. And they brought forth and set him without the city. Sodom and Gomorrah was being destroyed for wickedness and perversion. There were two angels that came down and they knocked on Lot's door and they said, we are here because the city is going to be destroyed. And when those two angels were leaving the city, it says that Lot and his family were lingering in the city. His family was in the middle of impending doom. His family was about to face destruction and judgment. But there was two angels. Two of you, come over here. Stand right here. Hurry, hurry. Don't be be all chill about it. Come on. Losing momentum here. Two angels. How many hands do the two angels have? Lift up your hands. They've got four hands. How do two angels with four hands grab a hold of the hands of four people? Go try it. I'll tell you how they do it because each one of them is grabbing a hand. They're using every hand possible. Come on, help me out this morning. Each one of them is grabbing every hand possible. And then they're walking them. Go back to your seats. I should have gave them some coffee before they came up here and helped me. My God, I had a good offering for all six of you, but not now. Go down. You don't got to cross your arms. Okay, let me show you how this is done. You can go sit down. Here you go, grab this hand, grab this hand grab this hand. Grab this hand. We're going out. The message is this. The angels did not leave any hand behind. The angels put every hand they had to pull somebody out of hell. The angels did everything they could. They said, we've got four hands. We're grabbing four hands. We are going to use a hundred percent of our potential. We're going to use a hundred percent of our ability. We're going to use everything we have. We're not leaving anything behind. Why? Because they're impending. There's a doom that's coming. There's destruction that's coming. There's hellfire that's coming. I don't have time to keep this hand to the side. I don't have time to get distracted. I'm using every hand, all hands on deck for revival. Everything I've got, I'm going to do it. Every opportunity I get, I'm going to take advantage of it. Why? Because the world is going to hell. I've got to pull them out. I've got to do the work of God. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get comfortable. I'm not going to get complacent. I'm not going to get caught up Why? Because I've got to reach the world. You may be seated. When they saw that fire and brimstone was on the horizon, they used every hand they had to pull somebody out. If we're going to reach this world, it's going to take every last effort that we can give. Jude chapter 1 and verse 22. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I don't want to fall so deep into comfort and convenience that I stop defending and I stop building and I stop reaching because I say, God, I would like to use this hand, but it's a little tied up in some other things. God, I'd really like to do your work. I'd really like to be the church that the world is waiting for, but I've got some other things that are kind of important right now. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm talking about inconvenience. I'm talking about comfort. I'm talking about complacency. God, don't let us get so complacent that we forget about a world that's lost and died and on their way to hell, a world that doesn't know this message, a world that doesn't ever and never even has touched with the Holy Ghost. They've never been in a church. They don't even know what the Bible is. They don't even know how to find Genesis 1 and 1. They're lost. They're lost. They're lost. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them which are lost. God, I want to do what needs to be done because when I stop defending And I stop building and I stop reaching. I am opening myself up and I'm opening territory for the enemy to come in and sow a distraction. Matthew chapter 13 and 24. Another parable he put forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. When they went out, there was a seed being sown and it was a good seed and it was good ground and the sower knew what he was doing. But they came back the next day and there was tares that were growing up with the wheat. And the sower looked out and he said, an enemy hath done this. But why did the enemy have the opportunity to do that? It said, while men slept, an enemy came in and sowed a seed. When I become comfortable and cease from the work of God... And begin disconnecting from what God has called me to do. I am allowing other things to enter into the picture. I'm talking about negative things that produce uncertainty and confusion. Issues that get my attention distracted from God's goodness. And instead turn it toward all the problems around me. The accuser of the brethren, the enemy of the church, is trying to come in and sow a seed of confusion and uncertainty. The enemy of the church would like nothing more than to bring division among us that would produce discord among the body of Christ. Discord that causes families to fall apart. Discord that causes friends to turn against friends. Discord that eats away at trust. Discord that has no place in the body of Christ. There is nothing more that God hates than things that cause division among his people. And it all starts when we begin to relax and get comfortable and allow the enemy to sow seeds in this field. I'm telling you today, we need one another like never before. The world is looking for a church that's united. The world, you know what Jesus said? He said, hereby will men know that you are my disciples. He didn't say when you preach, the house is just going to shout and there's going to be some real real signs and that wasn't the main thing but he said hereby shall men know that you are my disciples that you have love one for another i got to love my brother, and I've got to love my sister, and I've got to go to battle for them, and I've got to stand in the gap for them. I don't want you to get torn down. I don't want to see you come to destruction. I don't want to see you lose everything. I don't want to see you fail. I want to see you become successful. I want to see you become anointed. I want to see you become used of God. If you're better than me, that's fine. Be what God has called you to be. I just want to make sure that I'm not giving the enemy any space to step in with a seed of discord a seed of confusion a seed of uncertainty when men slept an enemy came in and sowed the seed proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 these six things doth the lord hate yea seven are abomination unto him a proud look a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood and a heart that devises wicked imaginations feet that be swift and running to mischief a false witness that speaks lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Today I'm declaring to the enemy that has tried to sow some seeds in this field I am getting up and I am getting out of the comfort zone I'm getting out of complacency and I'm getting out of convenience and I'm going to uproot seeds of division and discord and I'm getting back to the work that God has called me to do. I'm going to get a sword in one hand I'm gonna get a hammer in the other hand I'm gonna use everything that I have to be a vessel that he can use come on I'm talking about a world that's going to hell I'm gonna to have to sacrifice myself from separate myself from some things I'm gonna to have to make some sacrifices I'm gonna to have to step back and do some things differently because I want to be used of God and I want to reach the world It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to reach this lost and dying world. Let's pray for a few seconds this morning. God, put a burden on our hearts for lost souls. A burden that would supersede every situation. A burden that would supersede all the confusion and all the uncertainty come on a burden that would override the voice of the enemy that's telling me to stay quiet and to give up there's people in this house today you need to accept the calling of god the calling to be a soul winner the calling to be a preacher the calling to do the work of god in these last days i'm telling you today the world is going to hell the world is lost the world is listening to a voice that's telling them to shelter in place but there's a church that needs to come running with power and authority and anointing today there's a church that needs to step up and do what god has called it to do romans chapter 13 and verse 11 and that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed the night is far spent The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. It's time for us to reach this world. It's time for us to do the work of the kingdom of God. The world is waiting for a church. The world is waiting for hope. The world is waiting for answers. God, if you can use anything, Lord, would you use me? God, if if I can be used. God, if I can do something about this. God, if I can stand in the gap and be an intercessor if I can be like those angels that when destruction was coming I can grab a hold of somebody and take them to the safety of God's house the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe I've got to get as many people as I can to heaven with me I'm not just concerned about my own salvation I'm not just concerned about my own comfort and my own convenience and my goals and my dreams God, don't let me get so distracted with the blessing that I forget about the burden, that I forget about the lost, that I forget about those that are, that are dealing with things in this world and they're dying and going to hell. The world is looking for a way. The world is looking for the truth. The world is looking for life. Jesus saith unto them in John 14 and 6, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. The world is looking for Jesus. They're not looking for a president that's going to solve all their problems. They're not looking for some new vaccine, some new ordinance, some new some new government system. That's not going to save them. They're looking for Jesus. And we are the body of Christ. We are his hands and we are his feet. And in Romans chapter 8, it said the creature is earnestly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The church is is complacent sometimes, and the church is comfortable sometimes, and if we're not careful, we'll walk right by a world that's lost and dying and on their way to hell. The church is the vessel that will preach the gospel the church is a vessel called to be his feet that will walk into the darkness carrying a light the church is called to be the hands that will pull people out of hell God don't let me get so comfortable that I get so distracted and fall into so many other endeavors that I miss out on the greatest calling that you've ever given me and that calling is to reach somebody for the kingdom of God to be a soul winner to teach Bible studies to reach somebody that doesn't even know who you are. God don't let me get so comfortable that I bypass my calling. Amos chapter six and verse one. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion that trust in the mountain of Samaria which are named after the chiefs of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. In the book of Amos God is using the prophet to prophesy to a people that have become so comfortable. They're drinking so much wine. In Amos chapter 6, it says they were drinking it out of bowls. It says they didn't trust in God, but rather they trusted in the mountain of Samaria. Amos was prophesying in the middle of prosperity that destruction was coming to those who were at ease. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth and as an armed man, that, and that thy one as an armed man. God, let me be aware of what is coming upon us in these last days. The world is lost without direction, and the voices around them are telling them to remain in place and to stay calm. While the waters are rising and destruction is coming, they are being told it's dangerous to move. As the musicians can come, let's pray for a few moments today. God, put a burden in our hearts, Lord. We are the church with potential. We are the church with the message. We are the church that's reaching in these last days. We are the church, God, that you've called to do your work. We are the ones that will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We are the ones that will speak the word of faith and things will change. We are the ones that are filled with the very presence of Almighty God. We are anointed. We are equipped. We are qualified to do what God has called us to do. God, don't let me become so comfortable. God, don't let me become so complacent that I sit in idle while the world is lost. I'm almost finished. Jonah chapter 1, verse 6. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us and we perish not. Jonah was called to reach the Ninevites. Jonah was called to go somewhere and to reach some people for God. And he turned away and there's a lot of different commentaries, but the most important thing is that he didn't go there. Instead, he went his own way, and he got on a boat. He paid the fare to go on the boat. He went in another direction to Tarshish. And while he's on Tarshish, he's asleep at the bottom of a boat. He found a place of comfort. He found a place of disconnection. He found a place of convenience. He found a place of complacency. And while he's sleeping, a storm breaks out. And the boat is being turned every which direction. It's a violent storm. And these men on the boat are scared for their lives. And they come to him and they say, what meanest thou? O sleeper, arise and call upon thy God. The world didn't even know who God was. But they were praying for an answer. The world didn't know who Jonah was. But they were praying for an answer. And Jonah, who was called and anointed of God, Jonah, who was a prophet of the Lord, laid at the bottom of a boat with potential, with ability, with anointing. And he knew the God of the storm. He knew the God that was bringing this upon them. And although he had all the potential to do something about it, he stayed in a comfortable position. Jonah was sleeping in a place where no one else could see him. If I'm not careful, I'll hide out. I won't be accountable to anyone or anything. I'll disconnect myself. And I'll just hope that it all works out somehow in some way. Jonah was sleeping in a place where he could escape all the work that needed to be done. They They were casting boxes and crates overboard because they were trying to lighten the load of their ship before it capsized. If I'm not careful, I get so comfortable and so complacent that I stay away from the labor of the kingdom and I expect everyone else to handle the work of the ministry. Jonah was sleeping while others were praying and crying out to God. If I get so comfortable and complacent, I will fall away from prayer. I will fall away from a connection and a daily walk with the Lord. My complacency will steal my prayer life. My complacency will get me distracted. And an enemy can come in and sow another seed. An enemy can come in and sow a seed of, of complacency and comfort. A spirit that says, if, if I don't do it, it'll be okay. Somebody else can step in and make sure it happens. If I'm not careful, I get so comfortable in my position That I bypass spending time in prayer as we all stand today. And lastly, Jonah was sleeping at the bottom of the boat where lost souls were crying out for help. If I get so comfortable and I get so complacent, I'll hit my spiritual snooze button while all the world around me is lost on their way to hell. I can get so comfortable that it doesn't bother me whether anyone is saved or lost. All that matters to me is that I can remain comfortable. If I can attend my local church and I can make it to heaven with my family, that's all that really matters to me. I'll be there for every service. I'll be there to support what's happening that week. I'll be involved. But God, if you're looking for me to go out and win a soul, I'm sorry, but I'm just too busy for that. God, if you're looking for me to grab a Bible study and go sit down in a living room somewhere, I'm just too busy for that. God, if you're looking for me to go invite somebody and pick them up for church and be accountable for them and to watch out for them. You know why I came to church when I first came to church? is because there were some men of God that would come and pick me up. Brother Nate Reese came and picked me up. It wasn't even on his way to church. He took a detour on his way to church to make sure that Bryce Cosme would be there. But I needed somebody that would be there and come and knock on the door and make sure I was coming. And when there was youth service, he would come and knock on the door and make sure I was coming. Brother Andreas would make sure I was coming. There was people who were watching out for me. There was people that were reaching for me when I was lost, when I didn't know God, when I didn't even know how to pray. There was a church that I was waiting for and I didn't even know who they were yet. I rode my bike by this church in the middle of the night, high on marijuana, when I was only 11 and 12 years old. I had drunk alcohol when I was 10 and 11 and 12 years old. I was lost, and I didn't know God, and my life was a mess, and I stayed at a different house every night and rode my bike all throughout the night, went home many times in the back of a cop car because they were wondering what I was doing in the middle of the street. It was amazing that I wasn't kidnapped. It was amazing that nothing bad ever happened to me. but I didn't even realize it but as I was driving by this church on my bicycle there was a church that was waiting for me there was a church that was there ready for me I want to be the church that the world is waiting for I want to be the church that the world is looking for God don't let me get so complacent that I get so distracted that I get so caught up in other issues and involved with other things that I forget my purpose I have a career but my career is not not my calling I have hobbies but my hobbies are not my calling I have talents and abilities but those talents and abilities are not my calling my calling is to be a vessel that the Lord can use to reach this world God let me grab a hold of a new desire to step into revival. God let's all pray right now God give me a passion for evangelism We think of an evangelist. Evangelist is the guy with the truck and trailer that comes to your church and preaches and people get the Holy Ghost. But in the book of Acts chapter 8, there was an evangelist named Philip. When Philip preached, nobody got the Holy Ghost twice nobody got the Holy Ghost he went to an Ethiopian that was on a chariot he didn't get the Holy Ghost he went to all the people of Samaria they didn't get the Holy Ghost but you know what his greatest calling was that I am going to go to a new area where nobody's ever heard this message I'm going to go to a new person that doesn't even understand the Word of God it was the Ethiopian with his Bible open to the book of Isaiah that was reading and did not understand what he was reading there's people that are looking for answers in the their Bible and they don't understand it. They're praying to God, but they don't know who he is. We've got to stand in the gap. We've got to be the intercessors. We've got to be the one that says, I'll show you what that Bible really means. I'll show you who that God is that you're calling on. I'll be the one to do the work of God. Whether it's one person on their way to Ethiopia or whether it's a new city in Samaria, whatever it is, wherever you call me to go, God, I'll go. I'll be what you called me to be. I'll do what you called me to do. I want to be used of God. I want to be anointed. I want to be what you've called me to be. I'm talking about a church that's ready for the revival that God wants to bring. I'm not waiting for an opportunity. I'm not waiting for a position. I'm not waiting for something to open up. But I'm going to step out. And I'm going to find somebody out there who's looking and searching for truth. I'm not going to wait for somebody to go and tell me to win a soul. I'm going to go ahead and reach souls until somebody tells me to stop. I'm not going to wait to do the work of the ministry. Brother Bradford, if you need to put the fire out a little bit, that's fine. But I don't want you to have to worry about getting any fire started. Lord, I'm going to go until you tell me to stop. I'm going to reach until you tell me it's enough. I'm going to keep going until every hand has a hold of the work of God, until every hand is pulling somebody out of the flames. I'm talking about a world that's waiting for a church. I'm almost finished. Isaiah 6 and 8 Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying Whom shall I send And who will go for us Then said I Here I am Send me God There's other people that may be more qualified There's other people who may be more anointed But I want to do it I want to reach a soul I want to be used of God I want to be a vessel I want to be a soul winner I want to be a light that shines on a hill I want to be a testimony I want to be hope I want to be peace for my brother I want to be love for this city Acts chapter 16 verse 9 and a vision appeared to Paul in the night there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying come over into Macedonia and help us in the book of acts chapter 16 paul's first thought was i'm going to go to asia asia that's going to be it that's going to work out i'm going to go to asia but the holy ghost forbade him to go to asia he said okay asia doesn't work out i'll go to bithynia bithynia that'll be a good place to go take this message and the holy ghost stopped them from going to bithynia What a disappointment that two things didn't work out. What a disappointment that the way I thought it was going to go didn't happen. But there's a man right there in Macedonia that comes to him in a dream and says, come to Macedonia and help us. Come. I need the word of God here. I need somebody to reach me here. You don't have to go to foreign soil. You don't have to go to another country. You don't have to go anywhere. There's so many people right here that need you to reach them, that need you to save them all around us the city of Bakersfield is calling out with a cry of desperation as we think of all those in our city that have been abandoned by their families living in the foster system left without role models and guidance all the lives in our city that have been destroyed by vile and immoral sexual relationships and lifestyles All those right here in our backyard, the 661, who have been absolutely crushed by the effects of heroin, methadone, methamphetamines, crack cocaine, and the list could go on. Every day we drive by those who have turned to destructive lifestyles as a way to be loved and accepted. People that many in our world would label as unlovable and impossible to reach. And in the midst of all this, our school system is losing all of its spiritual standing. The religious groups have become nothing more than spiritual CEOs, using people to build a brand. The justice system is failing in its efforts to turn anyone in the right direction. Our news and media is politicizing and dividing this nation. Government institutions look at the loss of our city as mere statistics. There's no hope. There's no answers. There's no way out. But in the of all this Jesus Christ is still reaching for the lost and he's calling his church to do the work come on let's pray right now is there anybody that's going to step into the burden to win a soul step in for somebody today stand in the gap for your city today stand in the gap Stand in the gap for the lost and the broken of Bakersfield. Stand in the gap for those that don't even know who the Lord is, that are dealing with suicidal thoughts, that are dealing with hopelessness, that are dealing with pain. Come on, somebody, catch a burden today. Catch a burden of what God wants to do in these last days. God can use you. The time is short. Destruction is at hand. Fear is upon us. Anxiety is upon us. People are giving up. People are turning away. People are leaving their families. People are losing everything. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their homes. People are losing their future. It's time more than ever for a church to step in and say, God, I want to be used to reach the world.